0: Just so you know, there were 75 kids back there last Sunday. We only gave you a small portion of them. We sent them all home well sugared. Uh, but more importantly, they got to hear the message of what, what Easter is all about. And uh, it was a great service last week, wasn't it? Amen. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bibles, lift them up this morning. Got a special message prepared for you. Repeat after me say, This is my Bible. This is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am, I can do what it says I can do. do. Today, Today, I'll be taught God's Word, word. it's His truth, truth. transforming Transforming. every part of my life, life. and I'll never be the same, same. in Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. That is true, that is true. You know, in the next few weeks, we're going to be answering the big question. You know there are a few big questions that we have in our lives some of those are who am I going to marry one of these days you know etc but you know what am I going to be when I grow up but but really the fundamental the ultimate question that most of us have if I was to sit down with you and say all right we're going to ask one question here's here's probably what you'd say why am I here what is my purpose in life I mean, that's the fundamental. We all want to know why we're here. Why do we exist? What what is our purpose? The Bible tells us that God has a plan for us, but but what is it, and how do we find it? Well, I want to help you over the next few weeks find not just the general answer, but the specific answer for what God has for you. Why am I here? You know, the first week, this week, we're going to talk about the one thing And I'm gonna help you get some priorities in line. We're gonna talk about what the one thing in your life is and help you get some things straight. Look in your notes or in your Bible or on the screen. Jeremiah chapter nine, verses 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. I think it's interesting that the Lord says hey, if you're smart, don't relish in your wisdom. If you're strong, don't relish in your physical strength. The thing that you really need to be proud about, or the thing that you should be the most seeking of, is that you have a relationship and that you know me, not know about me. But that you know me. In the New Testament, we see almost the exact same thing echoed. And this is the Apostle Paul talking at the church at Philippi. Philippians 3, 7 and 8. This is Paul talking. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish or as trash that I may gain Christ, jump down to verse 10, that I may, what does that say? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. How many of you have ever seen the movie City Slickers? Let me see your hands. Do you laugh when you see that? I mean, the, the basic premise of the movie is there's this there group of really middle-aged people that are, many of them are going through like midlife crisis and they're trying to find out who they are. They're trying to find out their purpose. I mean, they're asking this question, why am I here? And so what they do to figure out where they are is they all sign up to go to this dude ranch. Now, I don't know about you guys, but anything that has dude in it, I'm really, you know, I kind of question that. You know, but if I'm gonna try to find what my what the plan is for my life, I don't know that going to a dude ranch is exactly where I would find that, but that's what they do. They go to this dude ranch and 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 there's this old cowboy there. He's he's the the ranch foreman. We cowboys call it the ramrod. I'm just gonna throw that out there, just a little western wisdom for you. But anyway, he's the ramrod and one of the guys, Billy Crystal, who's really struggling, having challenges in his marriage, he's trying to figure out why he's here, they go out. And they're out looking for calves together. Some calves have run off. And, and it's just the two of them riding their horses. We have a picture of him. Becky, is he up there? There he is. There he is. That's, that's Curly right there. That's the guy you want to go to if you have any questions in life. You know, that's, that's what you're looking for. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, he and Curly are out there. And as they're riding along, you know, he's, they're talking back and forth. And, and Billy Crystal's telling him, his character's telling him about, I'm trying to find my reason I'm lost. And, and, and he says, well, He goes, you know, you want to know what the secret to life is? He said, it's one thing. He holds up his finger. He says, it's it's one thing. And, of course, Billy Crystal's question is, what's the one thing? Curly's answer is, you have to find that out. You have to find that out. I want you to know something. There's a lot of wisdom in that. and, And the question really is, what is the one thing for you? Because we're all seeking that trying to figure out where we fit in, trying to figure out what our priorities are, trying to figure out what what our purpose is. And if you haven't come to this place yet, there will come a day where you're going to sit back and go, why am I here? I get up, I go to work, I I go to school, why am I on this planet? Why am I here? Well, let's talk for a few minutes about maybe some of the priorities that we have in life Help us to identify what this one thing is now I put these next few blanks not in any certain order But these are things that most of us all of us really deal with and they're important and they have a place But I want to go ahead and identify them the first one and again These are in no certain order, but the first blank that I have for you is family The first blank is family Ephesians 5.1 in the New King James Version says this, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Now listen to me. God's plan on the earth has always been about creating a family. God's plan has always been about families. From the very beginning, it's everything that he does has been built around this family relationship. I mean, we have the Father, God. We have the Son, Jesus, we have the body of Christ, which is the church family. And, and there's so many scriptures, and I don't have even room to list them all, where it talks about being the children of God, being the family of God. God's plan is the family. Well, some of you may say, well, well I'm single and I, I don't have any family. Maybe I'm a, I'm a widower or, or I'm divorced and, and I'm, I'm kind of all alone. Why don't you just take a second, look around real quick, look around the room real quick you a member of this church if you're part of this church body this is your family some of you go oh lord <laughs> but the truth is this is your family romans eight fifteen tells us this for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption everybody say adoption by whom we cry out abba father and the word abba and Aramaic means daddy, it means daddy, not father. I mean, that doesn't sound very warm, does it? I don't ever call my, my dad father. You know, you call a priest father. I mean, there's something very formal about that. Hello, father, how are you this morning? Well, I'm fine, my first offspring. <laughs> I mean, that, there's, that doesn't sound very warm and fuzzy, does it? Verily, Father, I will go out now and look at our bovines in the pasture. Go, therefore, son, and do with it. You know, I mean, that, that's a little formal for me. Jesus talked about Abba, Father. Paul talks about it here that he's not our Father. He is that. He is that. But he wants to be known as Daddy. That's different. That's different, isn't it? When I think of Daddy, I think about somebody I can sit down, somebody when I'm a little kid, when I'm scared, I can go sit in their lap. Somebody who hugs me when it's hard. Somebody who encourages me to get up and go. There's an intimate relationship. And Jesus talked about that's our relationship with God. But here's what's beautiful about this. And I don't want you to miss this. There's the spirit of adoption there. The spirit of adoption. You know, when people are adopted, you know, some of you have children that are biological children. They were born to you, okay? You really didn't have a choice. They were there. You know, here they came. (laughs) You cannot send them back, even though many of you have tried. (laughs) You know, it's like your brothers and sisters. I mean, how many times have you been at a family function somewhere and your brother or sister's acting like a goober and your comment is, they're adopted. You know, I mean, you, you've made those comments before. Or maybe it's, you know, they're the biological and, they, and they, well, they're from the lower end of the gene pool. I mean, we've got all these comments that we make. You really don't have a choice with your biological family. There they are. <laughs> but adoption is different. Adoption is different. Adoption means that a family goes out and finds somebody and chooses to have them come to be a part of the family. And there's something really special about that. That means God chose you and adopted you to be part of his family on purpose. That is amazing. The spirit of adoption that God went out and said, you know what, Hazel, I love you so much. I want you to be in my family. Richard, I love you so much. I want you to come be a part of this family. That's what God does, Mark. He reaches out and he says, I want you on my team. That's amazing. So God's plan for us is to be part of a family and it's to be part of a church family. And, And that's, if you're alone and you're lonely, God's plan for the lonely has always been to make them a part of a family. And that's where you belong so you need to remember that here's the second blank take a look at this one your finances said what in the world's that got to do with anything well you've you got a family and again now you've got finances there's this this fiscal side of life that goes on mark 8 36 through 37 says this and again there are many scriptures i just picked this one for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul you know God talks a lot about finances in the Bible we talk about tithing every Sunday and and when we tithe and we begin to serve God and we begin to use wisdom in our finances God blesses us we need finances to live we you know it was funny yesterday I I drove to, to Walmart yesterday afternoon to pick up some groceries, and it was the weirdest thing. I got there, and, and I had left my wallet at home, and for some reason, they wanted me to give them money when I went to Walmart. I called Trish. I said, You're not going to believe this. She goes, What is it? I said, I went to Walmart to get to the groceries, and for some reason, they wanted me to pay for them. What kind of system is that? <laughs> the way it works okay god gives us money so that we can do things the bible talks about money a lot and we have to manage it well and god knows that so in your life you have to look and realize that finances are part of the equation they're important the bible talks about leaving inheritances for our children i mean these are things that are important in life and you need to address it so family first then you've got your finances let's go down to number three your health Talk about your health for a minute. God wants you to be in health. 3 John 1, 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. God wants us to be healthy spiritually, and he also wants us to be healthy physically. And I want you to hear this. This is very important. God wants us to live in divine health. But divine health is a lot like divine finances, you have to follow God's plan if you're going to be healthy physically. Now I'm not saying there's sometimes we have physical challenges that may happen to us that aren't necessarily anything we've caused, but you know what most of the challenges we deal with physically are things we've done to ourselves. Have you noticed that? I'm going to ask this question but cuz I know some of you are probably can relate to this. Uh, I mean, how many of you could stand to lose a pound or two? Come on, be honest. I can see you. So I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> But the truth is, probably just about everybody in this room could not go run a marathon tomorrow. I mean, there are probably some things in our lives that if we began to eat differently, we'd be a little healthier. Everybody said, thank you. The three people that did not say that, I know who you are. (laughs) But the reality is, God's given us a plan to keep our bodies in shape. The Bible's clear about it. You know, and, and if we eat a lot of junk... You know, if you're eating a lot of junk, if you're eating Twinkies, which is my favorite kind of term there, but if you're eating Twinkies and you're wondering why you're overweight, whose problem is that? Yours. And if you're sick in your body, you need to understand there may be some things that you're doing that you're polluting your body. So don't be surprised if occasionally you have physical challenges. You know, there are some people in here who have been in car accidents or work-related accidents. I'm not talking about those kind of things. I'm talking about the kind of things that are self-inflicted. Put down the Twinkie, okay? That's all I'm saying. But we need to understand that if we want to live in divine health, we need to use wisdom and use God's plan. And some of us need to do that. You know, you see throughout the Scripture that there are times where divine healing has to come into play. And I've got a testimony that I'm going to share with you in the next week or two. I can't do it right now. But there are sometimes when we have situations happen to us, the Bible even makes provision of that where God will come in and he will do a miracle in people's lives. How many of you have experienced a miracle physically before? Isn't that awesome? To know that God is still in the business of doing that. He's still healing people. And sometimes when we don't walk in divine health, God will supernaturally intercede through the church body, through his hand, and he will touch us and he will heal us. And I'm thankful that God is still in that business. But I think God's better plan is that we walk in divine health so that we don't have to have divine healing. Does that make sense? Right? Do you see that? Okay, I need you to understand That's very important. Go on to this next point. One of the things that many of us want in life we know we've got a family to deal with we've got finances to deal with we have health to deal with and then this next one happiness peace of mind contentment how many of you'd like to be happy okay put your hands down how many of you would like to be grumpy and mean raise your hands please Uh, two people i'll see you guys in my office afterwards But the truth is, we all want to be happy, don't we? I mean, universally, we want to be happy. We, we want to have peace. We want to have contentment in our lives. Don't we? You know, I love one of the promises that Jesus made. He said he's going away, but he's going to leave his peace with us. The Bible talks to us about having joy in our lives. And I want you to understand when you've got a relationship with God, a growing relationship with God, there's a joy that can come up within you that's there even when circumstances are bad. Even when things look bad, when you're walking with God, you can know that the end result is going to be very, very good. And you can have joy even in the midst of tribulation. Even in the midst of trials, if you're walking close with Jesus, that joy can be in there that says, everything is going to be all right. He's coming back. (laughs) Just like you said he would. And that joy is not circumstantial. I totally made that up right on the spot. I am so... We'll edit that out later, Marty, I'm sorry. But the truth is, joy happens in our lives when we walk with Jesus, and he gives that to us. We can have peace even in the middle of the storm. I love the story where the disciples and Jesus are crossing the sea, and they're out there, and the big storm comes up. The boat's filling with water. And understand, when that's going on, many of these guys are professional fishermen. I mean, these guys are used to dealing with storms, and they're scared the boat's going to sink. And there's like, where's Jesus at? He's in the back of the boat asleep. Was he worried? The circumstances don't dictate joy and peace. Now, trust me, I like it when things are going good, a lot better when they're going bad. But when I'm walking with the Lord, I have to recognize that when I go through those trials, they have a purpose. And I know the end result is always going to be good. You hear that, Claudia? The end result is always gonna be good when we go through these challenges and trials because we are his children he's working something else else out in us and it's gonna be good amen the other thing we need to recognize is contentment we need to learn to be content you know i've spent a significant amount of my life going well if i just had this i'll be happy anybody else if i only had this pair of shoes my life would be content I'm not saying anything, Christy. I was just mentioning that. I'm just saying there there are those of us that feel like, you know, hey, well, if I I had this horse, my life would be happy. If I had this car, if I had this, I spent most of my life doing that, y'all. I'm the king jelly bean of that. You know, the key, one of the keys to peace is contentment. If you can go home right now and look at your kids and give them a hug around their neck, If you can go home and and rest, if you can go home, I mean, there's a lot to that, guys. Instead of chasing that elusive next thing, learn to be content with what God's blessed us with. And you can learn to be happy in the situation that you're in. Amen. That's wisdom, guys. That's wisdom. All right, but the the, the big question still remains. Okay, I understand all those things. All those things are vitally important. Every one of us in this room has to deal with those four things. Everybody. Everybody. But the big question is still there. What is the one thing for you? What is it? Before I answer that, which is going to have to be, you know, in the next couple of weeks, so you'll have to come back. (laughs) In advertising, we call that a teaser. (laughs) but there's a way to determine if your hand you're heading in the right direction you know there's if you look up here you're probably wondering why we're doing this i I mean here we've got this road that's coming on both sides and we've got these markers and these different things and and there's a song that says life is a highway and that's really true our life is a path a road i mean you're going down this direction and you've got all these different things going on in your life but i want to tell you you have a lot to do you have a lot to do with the direction that your life takes. And I wanna tell you something, none of us end up having the life that we want by accident. None of us. You have to make decisions in your life. See, this is one of the things God's been showing me lately. He's done the hard work. Jesus hung on the cross. His stripes, by his stripes we're healed. He paid the ultimate price for us. He rose again so the power can live in us. But we have to choose to follow him and do things his way. And that doesn't happen, guys, by accident. You know, I've given you a piece of paper. Everybody look, make sure you've got this piece of paper. Look, look in there, it looks something like this. Do you have one of these? Everybody have one of these? If you do not have one of these, slip your hand up real quick. All right, Taylor needs one. All right, if the ushers will just make sure. I wanna make sure everybody has one of these. This is very, very important. Very, very important. Guys, where we end up in life and the direction we take is a matter of priorities. Everybody say priorities. Priorities. I want to ask you a question. I want you to interact with me here. Your life is made up of two valuable resources. These things are very precious. Two things that are very, very precious to you that, that God has put inside of you. These are two things that God has put inside of you. Anybody want to guess what they are? One at a time? Anybody? Throw your hand up if you think you know. Go ahead. Love? That's close. Wardell, you raised your hand. Oh, you wanted one of those? Sorry, now everybody's like, you feel like you're in an auction. You don't want to raise your hand because I'm going to call on you, you know? (laughs) Yes, sir. Do what? Free will? No, that's not it. God has given you these things. Okay? Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the first one. Time. Time. Here's the second thing, money, resources. God has given you these two things, time and money. Of those two, which do you think is the most important? Time, that's exactly right. The most important of all those is time. God has given that gift to you, and you get to choose how you're gonna spend it. God says, look, I'm giving you free will. I'm giving you the ability to choose how you spend your time and how you spend your money. You go, where in the world are you going with this? This has everything to do with finding your one thing. This has everything to do with that. See, guys, it's a question of priorities, and here's the definition of a priority. A priority is defined as something which takes precedence, something which must be done or taken care of first. Your priorities are the things that you do first, the things that you do first. And here's the point. This is the if you don't hear anything else thing. Here's the point. Many of us have priorities that are off base. If we are going to find your one thing, we first have to determine what you value, where you are spending your time and your money. And here's what I mean by that. What you value is where you're spending your time and your money. And so I want to ask you this today. I want you to take a minute to do this. If I were to ask you, no, let me me even go beyond that. If I were to follow you around for a week and I said, all right, well, let's do this. I'm gonna back up. I think this will make it more clear. If you and I were to sit down in my office and I said, all right, I want you to write it your your top 4 priorities do that real quick today look on your notes there it says today my priorities are i want you to write down what your priorities are take a minute to do that this will be very important for you write down what you believe your priorities are <laughs> just take a minute to do that it's very important what are your priorities I'll be taking these up at the end of service and grading them. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. This is yours to keep. Just fill out one side. Today, my priorities are. What are your priorities? What's important to you? give you about 30 more seconds and guys don't ask your spouse what your priorities are this is really (laughs) you already did yeah I figured that would happen somebody do that Now, everybody, look up at me. If you're not finished, you can take it home. Let me tell you why this is important. If I were to ask you what your priorities are, some of the things that would probably come up as well: my wife or my kids. That's probably your family is probably a priority to you. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's working out. Maybe it's you know whatever your blank is. Now, let me ask you. Here, here's what I mean. If I if I were to come and spend five days with you, if you said that's a priority would I know that's a priority by the way you spend your time and your money? If you said those are your priorities, would I know that they're your priorities not by what you say, but by what you do? Does that hurt anybody but me? But guys, here's the thing. If we wanna get our priorities right, we have to identify what they are. Because you're not going to accidentally end up finding your one thing. You're going to have to work towards it, and that's going to mean making some adjustments. Now, I want you to flip your paper over. Now, I want you to write down what your priorities should be. What should your priorities be? Philippians 3, 7, 8, and 10 says this, and I just read it a few minutes ago. What things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want you to understand something today. I'm sure almost everybody in this room wrote, on your priorities that God should be a priority. Would, most of you would agree with that. So here's my question to you about your relationship with God. Would I know he's a priority by how much time, money you spend with him? Would your evidence of, the, of your life say, yeah, that's a priority to me? For those of you that are saying, hey, my family is a priority to me, are you spending the time, the quality time that you need with your family? You know, one of the things growing up, my dad would admit this. I mean, my dad was a, was a workaholic. He still kind of is a workaholic. He's the hardest working retired man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> my dad's my hero And growing up, my dad worked so hard to provide for our family that there were times that that he wasn't able to be there. I knew he wanted to be there. I always knew that, that he wanted to be there. But he was one of those guys, man. He was working, 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 working. And he was providing for the family. But there were times that he couldn't be there. And I want to challenge some of you today, especially guys. Look at your schedule. You know, I want to tell you something. You know, I I doubt very seriously if you were to go to somebody's deathbed and said, you know what? If you could do some things over again, what would you do? You know, I doubt you'd ever really talk to anybody that said, you know, I wish I'd have put in 50 hours a week. I wish I'd have worked that extra day. But you know what they would say? Wish I wouldn't have missed those ball games. I wish I would have said I loved more. I guess I would have showed how I felt a little bit more. I guess I would have made that phone call. You know, I wish I would have spent more time with my mom or dad. I wish I would have spent more time with my brother. You know, I really wish I'd have gone to church more. I really wish, I really wish, I really wish. And here's the thing I want to challenge you in. And guys, again, this is what I'm dealing with, so you get to deal with it. I'm having to look at and adjust my priorities. And here's the deal. We've got to be honest with ourselves because you're not going to accidentally end up where you want to be because there's roadblocks and there's all these other things and and if you're spending your time and your money where you don't want to, then you're not going to end up where you want to be and you need to make some adjustments because finding your one thing is going to require you to make some changes. But here's the good news. It's out there. It's out there. Some of us need to redefine our priorities. We need to redefine them. And here's what I want you to do. As you go home and you take this piece of paper home, I want you to spend some time really thinking about this, y'all. I really want you to think about it. This is important. And sit down and spend some time alone and write out these things. And really be honest about where your priorities are and then be honest about where you want them to be. Take a pen, scratch some things out. You hear me? And here's what I want you to do when you're done with that. Go to your spouse. Go go to maybe some friends that you trust and say, you know what? These are some priorities. Help me see these things. What do you think? And if I want to make some adjustments, what's that going to look like? You know, on the road to where God wants us to be, we're going to have to make some changes. And change is hard. How many of you like change? (laughs) Change can be difficult, can't it? But you know what, it starts with the first step, and this is the first step, being honest about where you are, amen? So right now, think about that this week. Take this, keep it for yourself. Ask God to help you. Let's start shifting your priorities. Next week, we're gonna continue this, and I'm gonna give you a little more insight, amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you've laid out a plan for each of our lives, Lord, but but we're not gonna get there by accident. And Father, your word tells us that that we don't need to glory in our possessions. We don't need to glory in our strength. We need to glory, Lord, in in our relationship with you. Because only you know the plan for our life. And I pray, Father, that as we're honest with ourselves, Lord, as as we're honest with who we are, the Lord, you'd begin to speak to us. And, Father, some of these priorities, some of these places we're spending our time, Father, the truth is some of us are spending too much time in front of the TV. No, some of us, Lord, are spending too much time doing things that in, in the end really aren't gonna matter all that much. And I pray, Father, you'd help us to be honest with ourselves. And, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us and and you'd help us to begin to make adjustments. And, Father, as we go over these next few weeks, that that you'd really begin to change our lives. That, Father, we would get our focus right. And there's no condemnation here. Some of us, Lord, maybe you're showing us what's going on because we've, we've just not been happy. We've realized, Lord, that things just aren't right. And you're helping us see that we need to make these adjustments. And Lord, I pray that as we move closer to you, you'll help us to see these things, not because you're upset with us, but because you wanna help us be the people that you've called us to be. So Father, I pray you'd speak to the hearts today, the people that are here. Lord, that you would move in them. And Lord, we would begin to be honest with ourselves. You know, if you're here today and you've heard these words and and you look and you look at maybe one of the priorities in your life is that your relationship with God is really non-existent. I mean, you know who God is, you've heard about him, but but you've never really asked him to be your savior. You've never asked Jesus to be your savior, your Lord. Well, the most important thing we do every week is give people that opportunity. So if you're here today and you would like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, Slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Amen. Amen. Or maybe you're here today, and, and you've really strayed off the path. I mean, you you see these road signs, you see all this, and you realize that you're just so off track, you don't know how you'd ever get back. Well, I've got good news for you, friend. God's not mad at you. He just wants you to come home. And he loves you. And he's got a plan for you. Even with all the mistakes you may have made, God's got more grace than you've got mistakes. He just wants you to turn to him. And if that's you today and you just want to rededicate your life to the Lord, just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm, I'm off track. I just want to rededicate my life today. Amen. Amen. Or maybe you're here today and, and you've got some challenges. You're, you're dealing with some challenges. You know, you're, you love God. You know, you, you're doing some things right, but, but you're, you're just needing somebody to agree with you in prayer. You've got some things going on and you just need some help. You just need somebody to agree with you. You need to share that burden and have somebody pray with you. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Amen. Amen. all stand this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You do it? Take your neighbor's hand real quick. I saw a number of hands went up today for folks that are needing help, and here's what I want us to do today. I want you to take a moment and pray for the per- person on your right. Just pray for them. Pray that God will help them and strengthen them, that the Lord will, will lift them up, that he will encourage them. Just pray for them. Doesn't have to be fancy. Lord, just help them. Strengthen them. Hmm. Be there for them. Just take a moment now, the person on your left-hand side. Let's take a moment and pray for them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. May hey, take a second just look up at me. See, Pastor, why are we doing that? It's what families do. It's what families do. See, when you're beginning to pray for each other, when you're reaching out in faith for each other, for the people that are around you, the hand of God will move in their life. Because we are all ministers of the gospel. And your prayer is effective. And when you begin to pray for those around you, God will move in their life, and he will move on your behalf, and he will move on their behalf. And it doesn't have to be fancy. God looks on our hearts. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take those pieces of paper home, and I want you to look at them this week. Look at your priorities and reexamine them. Next week, we're going to take the next step, and we're going to move closer to what God has for us, and we're going to find that one thing. Amen? Lord, I pray that you bless us as we go this week. Keep your hand on us. I pray, Father, that, that you would really help us to be honest and search our hearts. I know there are people here, Lord, that want to be all that you made them to be. There are people that they want their life to turn out right. And Lord, I pray this week as they spend time with you, you would begin to show them and love them. In Jesus' name, God bless you as you go. See you later this week.